Hi everyone, my name is Rachel. Um, it's nice to be here this morning um, and see so many of you here. Um, if you've not been with us recently, um, we've been working through the book of Acts as a church over the past few months. And today we have landed at chapter 10 of Acts, and I'm going to read that in a minute. Um, this passage outlines a major event for the gospel to reach those that weren't Jewish. So, so far, it had only reached the Jewish community, and this is a real pivotal message in the Bible. So if this event hadn't have happened, we wouldn't be here as a church today. Life church would not exist. So it's a real key moment um, for the gospel to reach all nations, all people groups, and that's where we've got to today. So I'm going to read um, from chapter 10, verse 1 to 33. If you've got your Bibles, please do turn to that, otherwise the text will come up uh, behind me. Um, so yeah, from, uh, from verse 1, it says, At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your arms have been ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa to bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among them who attended him. And having related everything to, him, uh, to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day... As they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the house, housetop to, um, about the sixth hour to pray. And he, came, he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And then the voice came to him a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what this vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit uh, said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you're looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear what you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guests. The next day he rose and went away with them and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and he had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. And so when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked them whether you, why you sent for me. 
And Cornelius said, well, four days ago, about this hour, I was praying at my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging at the house of Simon a Tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come, and therefore we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. What a passage. So we've got two men here. We've got Cornelius and Peter. I'll just explain a little bit about who they were. Um, So Cornelius, he was a Roman soldier. He was a Gentile, which means he wasn't a Jew. And, And Gentiles typically wouldn't have known God. They weren't by default part of the people of God. Um, But as we read here, Cornelius, it says he was a devout man. He prayed regularly to God, and his life demonstrated the same. He gave to the poor, and he gave generously. So he's an example of a man who isn't saved yet, but he was clearly seeking to know God. And who was Peter? Well, he was a really close friend with Jesus. He was one of his disciples, and he was a preacher. And he'd seen so many come to know Christ. But he was a Jew, and he had lived a life following the Old Testament laws. And one of those laws stated that Jews and Gentiles do not mix because they weren't part of the people of God. So if you were living as a Jew at the time, you would have had your prejudices against Cornelius. Firstly, because he was a Gentile, and secondly, because he was a Roman soldier. These were the very people that had just taken Jesus away to the cross to die. So as we've just read, both men received visions from God at a similar time. First, we've got Cornelius. He was visited by an angel. He mentioned that it was as if the angel was standing right in front of him. And the angel told him that God had seen him and that he was pleased with him. All of, all of his prayers, all of his gifts to the poor, God was pleased and was interested in him. So even though he wasn't a follower of Jesus at the time, it hadn't stopped God loving him and seeing him and being interested. And his instruction from, from God was to go to find Peter, go to Joppa and find Peter. And then for Peter, at a similar time, while he was waiting for his lunch, he spent some time praying. This was a normal thing for him to do. And he fell into a trance and had a vision from God. So Peter was hungry at this point. How many people here have ever been so hungry that they start thinking about food? Maybe you've been fasting and the only thing you can think about was food. But this vision for Peter was not of his favorite foods or what, not what he was about to have for his lunch. It was quite the opposite, in fact. It revealed all the animals of the land. And as a Jew, there were dietary laws that stated that some of these foods were okay to eat and some of these foods weren't okay to eat. And then the voice from heaven said to Peter, get up, kill, and eat. What did this mean to Peter? I know he was hungry and everything, but dreaming of unclean animals to eat was probably making his mind go a bit crazy. And he straight away refused the instructions, said, no, I'm not doing that, Lord. I don't eat anything unclean. So Peter, a man who was so close to God, who was being used so mightily, outright refused what God was saying to him as if he knew better. On one hand, he had his laws that said, do not eat anything unclean. And then God saying, on the other hand, kill and eat. What should he do? So the conversation went back and forth a few times. And God said, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. So at this point, neither man knew entirely what God was doing. God had got their attention. And the next point, and the next step um, was that they had to be willing to find out what God was doing and what these visions meant. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to see how, how they were willing throughout the passage in different ways. The first one is that they were willing to act. So Cornelius' instruction was to go and find Peter. So he sent a couple of his servants 
um, and a devout soldier to send them on their way to Joppa to find Peter and bring him back to his home. Cornelius was now actively doing something about it. And whilst these men were arriving at Peter's home where he was staying, a voice spoke to Peter again and said, three men are looking for you. Get up, go downstairs and go, without, uh, go with them with no doubts at all because I have sent them. So this was a big instruction for Peter at this point. He had been told by God to go with these men, that have just, these men that have just arrived, these Gentiles, the people that he would never associate with. And now he had to decide whether he was going to do something about it. Well, thankfully, as we've just read, we do know that he did something about it. Whilst Peter and, uh, had met these visitors, they told um, Peter all about Cornelius and who he was. And then Peter invited these men into his home as his guests. And I think at this point, he would have felt rather uncomfortable. This was crossing huge social boundaries for him to even associate and talk with these people. By speaking to these people and inviting them into his home would have made him unclean because that's what the law has stated, that Jews and Gentiles do not mix. And at this point, I still don't think that Peter would have fully understood what God was doing, but he was now willing to find out, even though inside he was feeling very uncomfortable. And what does that look like for you here? What does the thought of being uncomfortable mean to you? Does it make you feel uneasy and wish that you hadn't come this morning and listening to this message? Or does it excite you knowing that this might just be what God is asking of you to meet and welcome others that aren't like you? And this leads us on to our next willing point, willing to be courageous. One way of doing this is by inviting other people into our home, just like Peter did. For example, having people around for dinner is a wonderful way of really getting to know people and having real deep conversations. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be a three-course meal with 100 sides and, and everything else. But it's, it's about being welcoming and accepting other people. And this is what Jesus did. But he didn't just invite his friends and his family around. He spent so much time with outcasts and sinners and people that no one would ever dream of even associating with. Are we able to do that here? I remember when Phil and I used to live in London, we lived in a block of flats, and one day we decided to invite the rest of the block um, around for pancakes that evening. So um, we had a real mixture of people in our flat. So we, above us, we had a 60-year-old um, Irishman who lived in a complete mess. You couldn't even walk into his door without being hit by things. Um, and he was drunk most of the time. We had a 70-year-old man who we realised had smuggled a parrot into the country. Um, he shouldn't have been there. And he also had an armoury of weapons um, hung up on his wall, which made me feel a little bit uneasy when I went into his home. Um, we also lived next to a, a black lady who was a uni student and a man who, lived, uh, who worked for the local council. So a real mixture of people in our flat. These were just a few of them. So anyway, we knocked on each door that morning, invited them round for pancakes. And that evening, we waited, and we waited, and we waited a little bit more for these people to turn up. And finally, two, two of our neighbours did turn up, and we were celebrating inside. So these two people had lived across um, the hallway from each other and had never actually spoken to each other. And for them, it was a strange experience to be welcomed, invited and welcomed into someone's home that they didn't know. But for us, it meant that we could um, love them and accept them for who they were and share our story of why we were there and what we were doing. And what I forgot to mention was the fact that we lived in a studio flat at this time. So not only did we invite them into our kitchen for dinner, we invited them into our kitchen, our lounge, and our bedroom. And another thing that I remembered yesterday was, I don't think we had chairs and a table at this point. So it was very much a welcome to our home, sit on my bed and eat some pancakes. <laughs> so a little bit uncomfortable, but it was so worth it at the time. So as I'm saying this, maybe you're thinking, 
Well, I do that already. My door is wide open, open for anyone and everyone to come in. I don't have a problem with speaking to others. That's great. Keep going with that. Maybe God is highlighting some people for you to welcome into your home and share your faith with. And maybe you're thinking, oh man, I could not invite people around. I find it really hard to speak to people. I find it really hard to open my home to others. That's fine too. Ask God to help you with that. I'm sure at Peter, when Peter invited these Gentiles into his home, he had a real battle in his heart and he really needed God to help him to change his heart at this moment. And this brings us on to a next willing point, willing to change. So going back to the passage, whilst Peter was spending time and traveling with these men, it was probably then that Peter had a light bulb moment. The vision that he'd had um, before wasn't referring to the food that was okay and not okay to eat, but actually that God had shown him not to call any person impure or unclean. Peter had understood that the animals in the vision were symbolic of the Gentiles to whom God was preparing Peter to give the, the gospel to. You would think that Peter, so he was a preacher at this point, had seen many come to know God, many healed, many filled with the Holy Spirit, would jump at the opportunity to tell these people about Jesus. But it wasn't that simple. This was going against everything that he'd ever believed in. But having God speak to him at that moment, saying not to call anything impure or unclean, was a huge revelation to him and became a huge shift in the way that he then led his life and allowed him to do what he was going to do next, to tell the Gentiles, starting with Cornelius and his household, about Jesus. And not to view them as unclean and unworthy anymore. God didn't see them like that and neither should he. Obviously, he had so many emotions and thought processes going on and that wasn't going to change in an instant. His heart was probably still feeling really torn, but God was doing something deep in his heart to allow him to see God's heart for these people. So God had prepared Peter with this vision and dramatically changed Peter's heart for this moment. Originally, Peter saw Cornelius and the Gentiles who were spiritually unclean as foreigners, as people who he, who he couldn't even meet with. But God saw things differently. He saw Cornelius as a devout man, a generous man, a man obedient to God's voice. Peter disqualified Cornelius from coming to faith, but God cleansed him and welcomed him in. Who do we disqualify from coming to know God? So we live in a world full of various forms of prejudice. Wherever you turn, you see it. You know the big ones, racism, classism, sexism. They've been around for all of time. And you might not consider yourselves as a racist or a sexist or whatever, but maybe subconsciously, there are people that we struggle to cross boundaries with, to, to share Jesus with. I think we all subconsciously make decisions that affect how we see and how we are with other people. For example, how are we with people that are different to us? How are we with people whose first language isn't the same as yours? How are we with people that come from a different social class to us? One thing that struck me over the last few weeks was the fact that sometimes we might walk slightly slower to avoid those people ahead because we don't want to engage in conversation today for various reasons. Maybe they are different to us or maybe we just don't feel up to it. And this has made me feel, I do this on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm on a school run and there's people in front of me and I'm like, I don't want to talk to them today for various reasons. But why am I doing this? God loves these people and he's called me and he's called all of us to speak to these people, to love them and to serve them. Not just to avoid them because they may be different or maybe that you just don't want to engage. And God is making me realize this in my own life and helping me do the opposite. 
If Peter's first, Peter's first reaction was to say, no, I'm not doing that, and God says, go on, follow my lead, and it's the same with us. If my first reaction is when I see someone, no, I'm not going to speak to them, I'm not doing that, it's probably because they are the people that I need to speak to, and God is clearly saying, they are my people, go and share my love. So what did Peter share with Cornelius? What was the end result of this passage? And this is going to be my last point. It was reconciliation. So God's plan was never for division among people. You see, right at the beginning of the Bible, God was a God of relationship. His heart was always for closeness with all people. And we read in Genesis, right at the beginning, God told a man called Abraham that through him, all nations will be blessed. God wants to reach all nations and all people. Not just the Jewish population that we've seen so far in Acts, but all people. And this was the start of them to see Jesus. So this is an amazing story of reconciliation. Um, Not just between the two people groups, the Jews and the Gentiles, but actually between man and God. These were coming to know God for the first time. So next week, Luke's going to look at the second half of this chapter in more depth. But basically, Peter shared the gospel with Cornelius. The gospel was being shared and accepted to those that were considered unclean, the despised, the outsiders, the foreigners. These are the people that God loves. After Jesus' resurrection, his last words before he went back to heaven was, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come to you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus called his followers to reach all people, not just their closest friends and people that are like them, but with all sorts of people. So once upon a time, we were all far from God. We all needed to be reconciled with God. And the only way that that was going to to happen was that Jesus made this happen. On the cross, Jesus took our place. He took our failings, our, our sins. He took them on his shoulders. He took them from us and made an end to all our sin. And this meant that we can be back in relationship with the Father. So this was the good news to the Gentiles in the story, but it's true for us today. Nothing has changed. God wants to reach all of us and all people. He said, do not call anything that I have made impure and unclean. That is everyone. He's welcomed us, the unclean, the sinners, and accepted us for who we are and has made us righteous in his sight. So we're no longer counted as unclean, but loved. And as Jesus' followers, if you're a Jesus follower here today, that is what we are to do for others. We're to reach others and tell them the same. So I'm going to finish there, but let me just leave you with a few few thoughts as I finish. Let us be willing to act. If God has spoken to you, let us be people that say yes to him. We might not get huge visions like Peter and Cornelius did, but God is a God who speaks and he wants to show us his direction. Let us be willing to be courageous and reach out to others and connect with others. If you find it hard, ask God to help you. And let us be willing to change where we need to change. Again, asking God maybe to highlight some areas in your life where you, where you are struggling with, that you, which you know that you need to change. To allow us to see others just like God sees them. So I'm just going to pray for us and then I'll hand back to Derek. Yeah, Father God, I thank you that you are a God that loves us. I thank you, God, that you are a, an accepting God and that you have chosen us and changed us and yeah, just revealed yourself to us. And I just pray in our hearts, if we find it really hard to speak to other people, I pray that you'll send your spirit and guide us and give us confidence to do that. And where we need to change, I pray that you will change our hearts and allow us to see people in the same way that you see people, as loved and accepted. Amen.